Um, thank you also, ladies, for praying for us as a family and praying for us in the mission. Um, mission work at the moment is like everything at the moment. It's up and down. We don't know what we're doing, when we're coming, when we're going. We try to plan something and we don't know if we're able to do it. So but thank you for praying for us. The one thing that has been very steady and the one thing that God has been using and blessing um, back last year, a whole year ago, um, Timothy, at the start of lockdown, God really led in his heart. He was to start this Friday fellowship. And so um, live, and he tried to figure out, how will I do this Friday fellowship live? And I do it on Facebook, I do it on YouTube, you know, what way to do it. And it took a little bit of trying to figure it out. And the first one was a little rocky and uh, I don't know if you could hear Timothy, you could hear a bit of what the speaker said. And anyway, every week he would interview someone different. Sometimes it'd be somebody just sharing a testimony, sometimes it'd be somebody sharing from the word of God. And so it's just been wonderful to see people listening from all over the world, um, South Africa, India, China. There's been a friend of ours listening in, um, Northern Ireland, Scotland, England, here in Canada, even in America. And so it's just been great just to see how God has been using that. So this past week, he had a pastor from um, from Northern Ireland who was speaking on something similar to what I'm going to be speaking on today. And I had already decided what I was speaking on today. And then I didn't know what he was speaking on Friday Fellowship. And I sat down to listen to the other day and I was like, oh, wow, God, you're good. God confirmed it to me through this guy in Northern Ireland. And then this week, um, it'll be... Um, April, Timothy's co-host, as he calls her, will be interviewing two of her workers out in BC. And they're going to be sharing some of the songs that God has given to them. They've been writing songs right through all of this um, whole COVID thing. God's been giving them songs and they've been writing them. And so they're going to share some of those songs that God's given to them. So anyway, that's just a little bit I wanted to say about that. And just how good God is and how God uses even the small things, right? Um, we may not have been able to always get out to church, but we have still been able to hear God's word, right? We have still been able to read his word. We've still been able to, to be blessed through that ministry. And that's just amazing. Well, ladies, I don't know what you're like leading up to Easter. I know in our house, you know, when we're, we're leading up to, to Christmas, it's crazy and there's so much hustle and bustle. But I feel like when we lead up the Easter sometimes, it can kind of be, kind of get forgotten in all of life. And it can kind of get forgotten with all the kind of Easter bunny stuff and all that, right? In our house, we've tried not to let that happen. It still happens. The kids still, you know, want all that stuff. But it's, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes we're coming up to Easter, we're like going, yeah, it's Easter week. Wow, really should be like starting to do something really should be starting to talk about Easter and talk about Easter to our kids and and so it's just been a real blessing this year even with um the little thing that Jenna sent home and being able to open up an egg every day and be able to talk to the kids and even the youngest child in her house has been able to listen um and she's been able to learn through that and so that's just been a real blessing but I was just thinking a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> I was standing in my kitchen and I um was just trying to cook and my head was all over the place and I put on, I told Alexa, you know, to play some music and told her to play something by City of Light. 
And a song came on that I hadn't really heard before or hadn't really took much notice of before. Now, I had Lydia stand beside me shouting at Alexa to play Baby Shark, but I kept saying, no, Lydia, not right now. But anyway, this is what happens now. We don't get to listen to Mummy's music. We have to listen to Baby Shark constantly. So anyway, she's shouting in, in my head and I'm like, no, Lydia, not right now. So she goes off and does her thing. And I start to really get into the song and listen to the song. And it was just these words, it is finished, came to my, to came out of the song and it just kept coming, it is finished. You know, as I was standing there that day, I was stressed out and there was so much happening and it was like, I can't do this, Lord. And then these words, it is finished. And so it started me thinking just for today and started me thinking of Lord, what the Lord wanted me to speak on. And just share with you today, just words of encouragement, a few simple thoughts, as my husband always says. And so we're just going to look at John 19. Um, I'm not going to read a lot, just three verses, but really we're just focusing on the one verse. And so John 19, verse 28 to 30. After this, Jesus, knowing all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Ladies, I just want to pray at this point and just ask the Lord to help me as I share. Father, I just thank you, God, for being able to be here this morning. We thank you for these words in the Bible, Lord, these last words of Jesus, it is finished. And what that means to us and just that reminder this Easter time, Lord, what Jesus has done for us. Lord, help me now as I just share these thoughts that you have given to me and spoken to me so strongly over these last few days. That you would just encourage us and challenge us today, Lord. Um, Lord, just to, to live for you, Lord, because you give your life for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is finished. Uh, just this morning, I wanted to focus upon these last words of Jesus and what that can mean to us as Christians and even what that can mean to those who aren't saved. But us as Christians, what do these words say to us? These are some of Jesus' final words um, it is finished. And Jesus wasn't saying when he said this, he wasn't saying he was finished. He wasn't saying, okay, I'm done, right? I'm done, I'm finished, I can't do it anymore. I can't take the pain, I can't take the suffering. And he gave up. He said, it is finished. And that had a whole completely different context, completely different message when he was saying that it is finished. Um, if you look at the Greek word, which I'm not very good at pronouncing, Telelasta, it was really a word that was used to say paid in full or the task is completed. And so really when Jesus was saying this, he was saying, I have completed the task. I have completed the plan. I have paid in full what needed to be paid. And so I want to look this morning, what is finished? He said it is finished. So what is finished? So there's three things I want to look at this morning. The promise um, promise of salvation or the plan of salvation the penalty was paid and then last of all 
the power of sin. It was finished. So we look at the, the promise or the plan of salvation um, was finished or completed that day upon the cross. It wasn't the first crucifixion to take part, right? It wasn't the first death on a cross to be taken part. This was a Roman way of punishing people. And so it happened loads. And so loads of people had seen this happen before. But this was the first crucifixion that meant so much. It was different. This death wasn't just punishing someone who had done something wrong. This was someone coming and taking a punishment for others who had done something wrong. This, pun- this death on this cross was completely different and had a reason and a purpose for it. Christ's death was a fulfillment of God's covenant promise with his people of, of the Old Testament. It was a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. It was a fulfillment of what God had said would happen. If we go right back to Genesis, right back to Adam and Eve, God promised them that someone would come to rectify the separation that they had caused through their sin, that someone would come to 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 save them from their sin. Right through the Old Testament, we look at Abraham, we look at Isaac, we look at Moses, we look at through the, the prophets, God again and again had this promise that someone was going to come, a Messiah was going to come, a Savior was going to come. He was going to come to take that death upon the cross, was going to come to rectify what had been done, what had been broken would be fixed. God had promised time and time again that he would make a way of forgiveness and a way of redemption. Hebrews 10, 12, um, if we look there, it says, But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Now, ladies, I don't know if you're like me, but at the end of the day, after you have been working with the kids all day or whatever you've been doing, but I know me, working with the kids all day, you don't get a lot done and then they go to bed and you realise, okay, the kitchen needs tidied, the living room needs tidied, this needs tidied. And so you get at it, you get all the stuff done and you have your list of things that need to be done before you can sit down, right? And you can actually relax. Well, that's the way I do things. I don't know if you're like that. But when I finally take that seat, <laughs> when I sit down, I'm like, oh, good. It's done. I can rest now, right? I can just, I can breathe. There's a few little breaths of, and that little rest before it's time to go to bed myself. It's all done. Jesus, as I said here, he sat down at the right hand of God. And it was like he said, it's done. I've completed the task. I've done what God sent me to do. I've completed the, the promise, the, the covenant. I've completed what God said he was going to do. It's done. It's finished. No one else has to come and to do something. There's no more sacrifices that have to be made. There's no more, I have to do this and I have to do that. It's done through Christ. It's finished. 
he has completed the task. The promise that God made was finished and completed with Christ on the cross that day. He sat down because the job was done and it was done well. Nothing else had to be done. The penalty was paid. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. You can turn to it, ladies, if you want with me, and we all know it so well, we could probably quote it off our heart. Um, and verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. It was finished. The penalty was paid. Um, when that pastor was speaking the other day on the Friday Fellowship, and he brought out the point about the teddy last day, and that it was to do with the payment being full, it being paid in full. It was finished, it was paid. There was nothing else had to be paid. And so when we read this, Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. Jesus hadn't sinned. Jesus hadn't deserved that death. But yet Jesus chose to go to the cross because we had a price to pay. We needed to pay for our sin. We needed to be punished for our sin. The people all around Jesus, even those hanging on the cross beside him, they had done wrong. The Roman soldiers had done wrong. Pilate had done wrong. The Pharisees had done wrong in their ignorance, thinking that they all the things that they were doing, they had done wrong. But Jesus hung on that cross. He had not done wrong. And when Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying the price and the penalty of sin was paid, not just paid, but it was paid in full. We didn't have to take our punishment. We didn't have to do anything. We don't have to just go to church or do good works or make a sacrifice or do all this stuff to, to pay the punishment for our sins. We don't have anything to do. Because it's already been paid. The price has already been paid for us. I remember back for, to when I was 18. I had asked the Lord into my life when I was seven years old. And for a number of years, I was a very enthusiastic young Christian who wanted everybody to know about Jesus and what Jesus had done on the cross. I wanted them to know that Jesus had died for them. And so I would tell my teacher, I would tell my friends, I even went into my teacher one day and I said to her that she was a sinner and she needed the Lord. Now, thankfully, she actually was a Christian, so she took it well. So and she was able to tell me that she already knew that and she'd already been forgiven. So that was good. But I just wanted everybody to know Jesus has died for you. Jesus has died and he has paid the price for your sins. You need to accept this and you need to ask him to forgive you like I have. But you know, there was a point in my life where that didn't matter to me anymore. And I, I walked away from the Lord for a number of years. 
And I had no interest in God, no interest in church. I had no interest in Jesus. And I, if someone asked me, was I a Christian? I wanted no association with Jesus or with Christ. And so I went through a number of years where I was just wanting to do my own thing. I would go to church because my mum and dad made me go to church and I had no choice. But that was it. Rest of the time at school or at home, I really had no interest in those things. And I did many things that I regret today. But the reason why I tell you this was when, Jesus, when God finally started to speak to, to get my attention, because he'd already always been speaking to me. But when he finally got my attention, when God finally broke in, God started to speak to me. And what spoke to me the most in all that I had done and all that I had tried to push God away, what spoke to me most was a hymn from this book. This is a book, a hymn book that the Faith Mission produced a number of years ago. And um, I was at a faith mission camp way b- in Northern Ireland way back when I was, uh, I don't know what age, 17, 18. And so th- this camp, we were sitting and we were singing a song. And God had spoken to me the night before. And I had ran away from the meeting and I was crying. And I went to bed and everybody thought, oh, Emma's going to get saved. Emma's going to give her life back to the Lord. And she's going to, you know, whatever. But I went to bed and I wrestled with God that night. And I just couldn't give up my friends and couldn't give up my freedom and couldn't give up, you know, my life. Because I wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. And so I went to bed that night with this attitude of, you know what, forget about this Christian life, forget about the Bible, forget about God, forget about Jesus. And I went into the meeting the next morning and I had hardened my heart and I had just just decided, you know, I'm going to go and that's it. You know, I'll sit in this meeting because I have to. And then they started singing the song. It's a very simple little child song, really. But it was just that morning it spoke to me so much and I'm not going to read it all but just a couple just to get the gist of what was going on in my head that morning the the song goes through a different part of Jesus and it says his hands were pierced his hands that made the mountain range in Everglade and then his feet were pierced the feet that throd the furless shining star of God his heart was pierced the heart that burned to comfort every heart that yearned and then it came to the last verse. I'm at this stage, I'm in tears, by the way. I'm sitting in this meeting and I'm in tears. And it came to the last verse. It said, his hands and feet and heart, all three, were pierced for me on Calvary. And here and now, to him I bring my hands, my feet and heart and offering. You know, that morning God spoke to me. I've paid in full. I took your punishment upon the cross. And now I want your life. I want you to give up your life so you could have eternal life. What did that tissue go to? <laughs> I want you to give that up. And that morning I ran out of that meeting and I was broken. And I went outside and I just wanted to be by myself. And I looked up into the sky and I could see the sun shining down upon me. 
And it was just like, God was shining down upon me and saying, Emma, I want your life. Because I sent my son to pay the price and it's paid. You don't have to do anything else. But I want your life. And that morning, ladies, I cried out unto God and I said, God, this is all or nothing. I either give you my life now or I walk completely away. And I said to God that morning, and I meant every bit of it, I said, God, here, standing here, Emma Martin, as I was then, I give you my life and I give you it all. I will go wherever you want me to go. I will do whatever you want me to do. I will live for you because you have died for me. And I give him my life that day. I rededicated my life unto him saying sorry for all that I had done but realising that God had done so much for me that Jesus had paid the price in full and that I couldn't just walk away I couldn't just walk away and do my own thing I'm sure you all know this song but maybe some of you don't but it's another song that's in this book but the song this this is finished Tis finished, the Messiah dies, cut off for sin, but not his own. Accomplished is the sacrifice, the great redeeming work is done. Tis finished, all the debt is paid, justice divine is satisfied, the grand and full atonement made. God for a guilty world have died Jesus God the Son had died for me he paid the price in full it was finished nothing else had to be done but he was asking for my life that day the price of sin is paid in full once and for all no more sacrifices had to be made no more balls had to be put upon the altar because the lamb of god was upon the cross and it was finished and that leads me to this the last point Tis finished, the power of sin has no more hold over us. It is finished. He has no, so sin has no hold on us anymore. Satan has no hold on us anymore. Or power over us. He has no power over us any longer. We have freedom from sin. I feel like I'm quoting a lot of hymns this morning, but this is another well-known song and one that it was brought to my attention the other day and just truly explains how the power of sin has no hold over us. When Satan tempts me to despair, 
and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Saviour died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. I'm not perfect, but he is. But I am forgiven and I am free. I am free from sin. That day, ladies, when you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin, he didn't just take a little bit of your sin away. He didn't just say, okay, I will help you not to sin no longer. He had already taken your sin upon the cross. And he said, you are forgiven. You are part of my family. You are now a child of God. Satan would want to tempt us and he would want to discourage us. And there's many things in life that discourage us. There's many things in in our lives right now that maybe are discouraging us. But Jesus has said, we are forgiven and we are his and he is ours. You know, lately I have really struggled with guilt of not of not being good enough of not being a good enough mother not being a good enough wife of sorry if not being a good enough Christian I felt that I have failed God I failed my family. But time and time again, God has reminded me that Christ was good enough and is good enough and that he has not failed me or will not fail me and that his love that took him to the cross is always there. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what stage in life we're going through. He is there. And the price is paid. And the power of sin has no hold over us anymore. So even when we feel he forgives, even when we feel he picks us up again, when we fall, he doesn't leave us there. When we're struggling, we can turn to him because the price is paid and it is finished on the cross. I don't have to struggle, but that I can rest in him and what he has done for me. Well, ladies, I just want to leave you with just few lines of another song and it's the song that led me to this message and I'm not going to read it all I just have a few bits that really just spoke to me that day now the curse has been broken Jesus paid the price for me full 
the pardon he has offered. Great the welcome that I receive. There is no more guilt to carry. It was finished on that cross. But the son who died to save us rose that we might be free indeed. Free from every plan of darkness. Free to live and free to love. Death is dead and Christ is risen. It was finished on that cross. Ladies, this Easter, whatever you're going through, wherever you're at, remember what we celebrate at Easter. Yes, we can look at the cross and we could be sad, but we look to the tomb that it was empty. And we remember that Christ not only died, but rose again and has victory over death. And his last words, let us hold on to them this Easter, it is finished. Amen.